Welcome back to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you've ever wanted to pursue a career completely different than your military occupation, but you aren't sure if you can succeed, today's episode is for you. In this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Bruce Evans, Army veteran turned entrepreneur. After serving as a dental assistant in the Army, Bruce decided to join the restaurant industry and franchise sales and was personally responsible for the sale of 450 Wingstop franchises in less than five years. Now Bruce is the VP of Franchise Development for Capriati Sandwich Shop in Wing Zone, and he shared some really great information and lessons learned during our conversation. Bruce discusses how his military experience shaped his outlook on life and how that experience has helped fuel his success in the restaurant and franchise industries. If you have any questions about this episode or ideas for a future topic, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, it's great to be here, Megan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. I don't know much about your background, only from what I've kind of briefly researched. So I'm really excited to share your story with me, but also with the listeners. So can awesome. you just, yeah, can you just set the stage by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Well, sure. I mean, you know, when you turn 50, uh, you, you know, how far back do you want me to go? Uh, I, you know, there's, there's a lot there, but look, I, I, I grew up in Houston, Texas, um, you know, I um, went to high school there, and then uh, following high school, I, I, you know, joined the army, and uh, did four years in the military. And you know, it's 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 interesting. I really, you know, as a junior in high school, I, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. You know, do I really want to go to college right now? Do I? You know, just just what's out there? And a recruiter happened to call one day. Um, as they tend to do. And I said, huh, this sounds like a, like it might be interesting. So I, I spent some time, you know, talking to the recruiter and decided, uh, you know, the summer before my senior year in high school that I would go ahead and, you know, sign up for the army. And I, you know, ended up uh, leaving actually 13 days after I graduated from high school, I was off to uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina for basic training. Wow. So did you know that you were most interested in the army or you just kind of happened to go down that path because that was the recruiter that had called you? I think it was two things. One, it was the recruiter that had called me. Plus I had a cousin that was a, uh, a 91 Delta uh, over in Germany at the time. And uh, so that, that, that's kind of why I, I decided to go with the army. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So then let's talk a little bit more about that, about your military background. What sure. did you do in the military um, deployments? Anything noteworthy that you want to share about your time in the military? Well, I, um, you know, within a couple of days of being at Fort Jackson, I realized how sheltered my life had been. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, you know, I'd seen stripes about five or six times by the time I was a senior in high school. And you know, I thought that's what the army was going to be like, and it didn't turn out that way. But uh, seriously, though, I was a uh, I, I I signed up to be a 91 Echo, which is a dental assistant. And, you know, when you're at the MEP station and you take the ASVAB and they put a list of uh, MOSs in front of you, um, I was actually my cousin, you know, really loved being a 91 Delta. And I was thinking, oh, oh, our tech, that'd be kind of cool. 
but that job wasn't available at the time for the time they wanted to send me to basic. So I said, hmm, dental assistant, you know, I've had my teeth cleaned. I know what that is. So I'm, I'm going to go for that. And so, so I, I signed up for that. I ended up in, uh, like I said earlier, at Fort Jackson, South Carolina for basic training. Um, you know, in the summer in South Carolina, is, it's not much different than the summer in Texas. It's humid, it's hot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how I made it, but I made it through basic training, you know, and, <laughs> and it was, uh, then, I, then I ended up in Fort Sam Houston for my, uh, my MOS uh, um, studies and really, really enjoyed that quite a bit. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was really great. Um, I, I still, there was a whole lot of uncertainty in my mind, like, you know, kind of what did I get myself into? Uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. But, you know, over time, I began to, to really become acclimated, you know, to the army, which mm -hmm. you know, that's part of what they do to you in basic training and, and uh, really, you know, really came to enjoy what I was doing quite a bit. Um, well, I have a question for you to follow up. So you said you've mentioned a couple of times how different it was from what you were expecting. Yeah. What do you think stands out to you the most? Was it the physical, the mental? What, like, when you look back, what do you think was the most different than you expected aspect of joining the Army? Well, I'll tell you, the, the physical side, you know, number one, I, I, I played football in high school. And so I was used to, you know, doing that kind of stuff. But it really, I think it's a combination of the physical and the mental that really, you know, like they are to do is, is, you know, break you down and then build you back up again. Um, which was, it was a unique experience for me because I, I'd really never, never, you know, gone to those depths as far as, you know, mentally breaking down and then, you know, being built back up again. And, and, and that was really a, you know, in hindsight, that was a fantastic experience for me, but I, I will tell you that there was sort of a life-changing moment for me and in, in basic training, I, you know, you're doing these 4 a.m., this 4 a.m. PT, you know, running around Fort Jackson. And uh, I stepped in a pothole um, on one of our runs and I, I sprained my ankle really bad. In fact, I, I ended up having to wear a boot for a while um, while I was in basic. And I was really afraid, you know, that I was going to have to repeat basic, you know, all those kinds of things that start going through your head. Do I, am I going to have to do this all over again? What the heck is going on? And I, I went to, you know, our head drill sergeant, uh, um, Sergeant First Class Johnson. I, I, I remember talking to him and I'll never forget this moment. I can, and I think about it all the time and I can see it clearly in my head. And I said, you know, Sergeant Johnson, I, I don't know, you know, if I'm going to be able to make this, um, I've got this boot on, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to repeat basic and, you know, I'm trying to do everything I can. And he said to me, Evans, you know, if you quit now, it's just going to be easier for you to quit for the rest of your life. Everything, every problem that comes up, you're going to quit. And that, I, I come back to that all the time. And I, you know, just learning how to persevere through difficulty and, and not giving up was, was really one of the biggest things I learned um, through my military experience. Mm -hmm. And that's a great life lesson that, like you said, oh, has just stuck with you. No doubt. No doubt. And trust me, you know, there's, there's so many times in my life where that, that comes up. And now I think about the same thing with, 
with my kids and try to instill that in them is just, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't give up. Don't give up. Keep pushing through. How old are your kids? And um, well, I'll let you answer that first, because I'm curious if any of them are interested in following in your footsteps and joining them in the army. Yeah. So, so my, my oldest is 18. He just graduated from high school. Uh, my, my middle, and it's my son. And then I have a daughter that's 16 and a younger daughter that's 13. And, you know, my son is, has looked pretty seriously about the military and he's, he's still considering that as he moves on to college. Um, but he's still, that's still in his mind about what he might want to do. And, you know, my son is, thinking, you know, I want to go into special forces and, Mm -hmm. you know, do, should I, you know, one of the, one of the recommendations that they make there is that, you know, you don't join until you're 21. And I I forget what the MOS is now for where you go directly into special forces training from basic. And, you know, in that they recommend 21 because you just, you don't have the life lessons. You have, you don't have an experienced life. Um, so you're not mentally or physically tough enough to make it through. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, and I, I think that's great. I, I think that's a great lesson for him to understand that, you know, I'm 18, but I don't know everything, Yeah. He, even though he thinks he does, but you know, that's a whole nother story, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. And I, you know, I, 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 I put things like that on my kids to make that, this, that's, this is your decision to make. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'll give you my advice. I'll tell you my stories, but you know, this is up to you. And um, I really try to put decisions like that on them and not try to make it for them. And it's probably interesting for you too, just the fact that he is the age now that you were when you were in, when you first joined the army. And like you said, you don't have that life experience. So I'm sure now you looking at him and realizing that he's the same age you were, you think, wow, I was a kid when I joined. Right, right, right. It is. It's, It's a lot of times it's like looking at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So, so I, it does a lot of things flash back to me, uh, today as he's, you know, sort of 18 headed towards 19 that, uh, that just trying to help him learn all the things that, that I should have known better about when I was his age. But, yeah. so you know, speaking of, yeah. So speaking yeah. when you were in the military, how did you, was it something that you had ever decided, you know, once you got acclimated, have you ever thought? well, maybe I'll just stay in. Or did you always kind of know that you wanted to get out and do something different? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. You know, when I, when I uh, graduated from, uh, you know, and became a 91 echo, my first duty station was at Fort Carson in Colorado Springs. And I'm thinking, you know, Hey, I'm going to show up here. I'm going to go to the Dentac and that's where I'm going to be. Well, no, I ended up in the 704th main support battalion, uh, which was a, a main support battalion for the fourth infantry division. So I wasn't working in a dental clinic every day. I was, you know, I was sewing canvas and doing vehicle maintenance and, you know, all those things you do in a main support battalion, you know, as well as field exercises. Um, and, you know, so that was a, that was an experience I wasn't expecting, but, you know, it was great. Now there did come a time where I was, you know, working at the dental clinic a, a few days a week and a, a tasking came to the dental clinic for me. Uh, to go to uh, Saudi Arabia um, at the, uh, you know, right at the end of Desert Storm. And so I, I actually uh, took that tasking and processed myself out of Fort Sam Houston. And so my, my actually uh, company commander didn't know about it until I had already processed everything and he had to find, sign the final papers and 
he was not really happy with that, but there wasn't anything he could do. I, re I really wanted to go someplace else. I was tired of being at Fort Carson and thought, wow, you know, Saudi Arabia, here we come, you know. Mm -hmm. And so so I, I spent uh, a few months, uh, maybe close to six months in Saudi Arabia. And when I came back, um, I actually ended up at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio and um, was working at the oral surgery clinic there. And so that was a phenomenal experience. I spent about a year and a half there, um, really loved what I did. And, and I, I had a lot of, it was a struggle for me, you know, trying to decide, do I want to stay in? And I really spent a long time considering it because I just loved being there and felt like it was a great opportunity and was learning so much. But ultimately I decided, you know, what I, what I really want to do with my life is go, go and get my college degree. And, you know, that was a that was an interesting time in the in the army as well, where, you know, while the recruiter says, oh, you can go to college and take classes and things like that. Well, you know, your first sergeant wasn't really willing to let you sign up to go to college classes when you're in a main support battalion mm -hmm. at that time anyway. So so I, I was coming out of the military with no college under my belt at all. So it had been four years since I had taken any classes or anything like that. But I ended up. Uh, I applied to the University of Texas in San Antonio. So when I, you know, ETS out of the army on June 13th, 1991, I moved from the barracks into the dorms. And that was another shocking experience to me because here I am at uh, 21, almost 22 years old. And, you know, everybody around me is 18 and, and have no life experiences whatsoever. So <laughs> it was a little bit in reverse from when I went into the army, but you know, that was a, that was a fantastic experience. Um, I really felt like I was doing what I, what I had sort of dreamed of doing and, um, you know, ended up making several moves, uh, from UTSA. And, um, you know, I think, I think the final decision though, for me, you know, and moving out of the army transitioning out was, was really just doing what I, I kind of really wanted to do. And that was, you know, go to college, get an education and, and figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. Well, so I'm curious, what did you go to college for? Because um, did you decide to do something? I know currently you're in a totally different field from what you did yeah. in the military. So yeah. when did you make that decision to pursue something <laughs> different? What did you get your degree in? Uh, so I have, a, uh, I have a BA in history with a focus on uh, colonial Mexico. Okay. So that's, that's like, I should have got a degree in pottery, you know, so... <laughs> And doing and doing what I'm doing right now, but uh, you know, I, I I felt like for a long time that I wanted to be a, a professor or a teacher, and you know, I thought about you know getting my my master's and ultimately my PhD. And in fact, as I was graduating from college, I you know began applying for you know graduate school um, at various colleges, and I I'd been accepted and was ready to go, and and. Uh, you know, what, what happened was, was I, about a year into my stint at University of Texas San Antonio, I ended up uh, moving back to Houston and deciding, well, I'm going to go over here, get a job. I, you know, I've kind of missed my family for, you know, the four, year, four or five years now that I've been gone and thought, well, I'll move back home for a little while and maybe stay there and go to college. And so I moved home and I started working for a restaurant concept in, in uh, Houston, uh, Papa's restaurants. I was at the Papacitos 
um, uh, concept and I was waiting tables. And I, I tell people I was such a bad waiter. They made me a manager. So, you know, it was, it was, it was one of those things. And look, that was a phenomenal experience for me. Um, you know, it really, I had always loved, you know, food and cooking and, you know, those sorts of things. And it was really a, a really in-depth, um, you know, sort of all-encompassing experience in the restaurant industry. And so, you know, you know I, I went to UT, uh, I went to University of Houston for about a semester and a half. And then my GM uh, got transferred to Dallas and not, asked me to go with him. And so I ended up moving to Dallas. Um, I went to school at the uh, University of North Texas, which is where I eventually graduated from. Um, you know, worked my way up within the, the PAPA's system. And it really got to a point where at that time, you know, somebody either had to die or get fired for a guy like me to become a general manager. So I said, look, you know, I, I got to find something else. And, uh, you know, my fiance at the time, which is now my wife, you know, went on monster and found a, an opening at a company called Wingstop that was based there in Dallas. And they were looking for a, you know, a field support person, which, you know, I knew everything you'd possibly know about the restaurant business at that time. And, you know, thought, okay, this sounds pretty good. So I, I sent in my resume and they called me in and said, Hey, that, that job has been filled, but what about this? And that was, you know, franchise sales. And I, I knew nothing about that at the time. And, you know, they really didn't care. They wanted to, you know, train me and, and, you know, the rest is sort of history. I was, you know, I started at Wingstop when there were, you know, 22 restaurants open and maybe another 30 under development. And by the time I left, almost 10 years later, there were 450 restaurants open and a, another two or 300 under development at that time. So it, it was a, it, it was definitely a phenomenal experience. And, you know, I, I think that I, I would have never had that experience had there not been somebody you know, sort of willing to take a chance on a guy that knew nothing about an industry like mm -hmm. franchising. Yeah, that is actually interesting because do you consider yourself now to be part of the restaurant industry or franchising or both? Because it that, had to have been a little bit different. You're not the boots on the ground in the restaurant anymore, right. or maybe you are. I'm not sure. Right. No, no, no. I'm I'm not. I'm not. But but look, I I proudly consider myself part of the restaurant industry. I, I've never worked in anything, you know, for the last 20 years or so, that's all I've done is, is restaurants. Even on the sales side, you know, of selling restaurants, it's, it's pretty handy to understand, you know, the business and, and the operational side and, and really being able to dig into that with, with prospective franchisees. So, yeah, I still consider myself to be in the restaurant industry. So when you say that you're responsible for franchise sales, are you just looking at um, potential people to expand the business throughout the United States or how does that look for you? Like your day? Yeah. yeah. So, so in my, in my role, um, it, I actually, you know, not only manage sort of sales, but also work pretty in depth with real estate and, and the construction teams as well. And, you know, as well operations. So it's, it's, it, it's sort of a unique position in that, you know, we're, we're not just doing sales, but we're, we're really involved with, with folks, you know, not just recruiting new franchise partners, but also, you know, working with them throughout their life cycle with, with the brand. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, 
you know, it makes it very fulfilling um, when, when you're, you know, working with people on the, in, you know, various parts of the process. Plus, you know, it helps you, it helps to ensure that all the promises that are made on the front end are fulfilled all the way through. You know, we work with a couple of different um, franchises, actually, and we've seen that really our candidate database is mostly military veterans. And that's who, Mm -hmm. you know, we're dedicated to helping in their post-military career. And we have found that franchising is such a great fit for a lot of veterans because, you know, you get that business ownership element. And so many veterans are entrepreneurial and that's what they're seeking to do when they leave the military. And so we found that it's such a great fit, too. And I'm wondering, is that something with you, since you have a military background as well, do you guys have any sort of um, veteran hiring initiative with franchises, or is that something that just you personally kind of seek out because you know that veterans are a good fit for an opportunity like this? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're first of all, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's the the systemic nature of franchising makes it very, um, you know, very easy for somebody from the from a military background to be able to come in and, and follow a system. That's what they've done, you know, their entire military career. So, so certainly that, that makes, you know, franchising, you know, very attractive for veterans and attractive for franchisors, you know, bringing veterans into, into that, their system. And so, you know, look, it's, it, it, it's, it's a little bit of both for us. I mean, we certainly have initiatives for veterans and we, we have, you know, number of veterans that have taken advantage of that. We, we actually discount uh, franchise fees by 15% for both brands that, um, you know, are, are part of our system, Capriati's and, and Wing Zone. And so um, we, it's, it's, we have a lot of veterans that are taking advantage of that today. And it's, it's great. They make for great franchise partners. Mm-hmm. So um, in your current role, I know you guys are, you're going to be responsible for selling franchises, yep. so finding new franchise owners. Are you guys expanding into new states, or are you already nationwide? Oh, so we're in. We're actually in in 22 states, um, but but we are we're open to expansion nationwide. Our our we have national distribution, so it makes it very easy for us to expand into new markets across the country. And so, you know, having those lines of distribution solidified makes it very easy to expand. So we're we're open to expansion all across the country with both the Capriati's and the wing zone brand. Very cool. So yeah. have you had any coaches or mentors in your career? It sounds like probably the people that you mentioned initially that took a chance on you and had you come into the restaurant industry from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've had those, have those same had mentors, you know, really all along the way. And, you know, whether it was in, in Papa's restaurants at Richard Chavez that really, you know, educated me on, on, you know, how to be successful in, in the restaurant business and restaurant operations. And then on the franchise side, you know, getting involved with Wingstop, Jim Deering uh, was the president of Wingstop at the time. And, and he had, you know, spent 20 plus years in the, in the army, um, you know, I've been with the 10th mountain division and, and we, you know, there, there was some kinship there because of that, but he also spent a lot of time educating, you know, me on the restaurant business. And then, you know, most recently, um, you know, David Bloom, who is my my direct report, um, you know, David has been in the restaurant business for 40 plus years and restaurant operations and franchising and as a franchisor. So, you know, I've really learned a lot over the, the last, you know, four or five years working with David. So 
so yeah, I've had some great mentors and, and I, look, I think that, you, you know, you're not always going to, somebody's not, you're not always going to have somebody step up to the plate to become your mentor. And, and I think one of the ways for, you know, veterans or anyone else to really be successful is sort of be curious, you know, ask questions, seek out information and, and, you know, where people are really lucky today versus, you know, in 1991, when I got out of the military was, um, you know, the, the internet, mm-hmm. you know, people, people can really access a lot of information there. And so I, I just believe it's important to ask questions and dig deeper and, you know, no, no matter what you think you don't know or what you don't know, um, find out more. I think that's really good advice because a lot of the people that I interview on this podcast, especially people like you who have been very successful in their post-military career, they always will mention the importance of a mentor. And um, we know that that's important. You always see articles on, you know, Forbes and why that's important. And so everyone knows that it is, but I think that um, there's always this like agreement. Yes, we all know it's important, but how do I get one? So I like that you said, you're not always going to have people that are you know, contacting you, volunteering to be your mentor. Right. Like she's not right. how it works. So right. I and like and look, yeah. con- conversely, Megan, there's, there's a lot of people out there that would be great mentors that don't think they could be a mentor, mm-hmm. you know? So, so if you're not asking those questions and prodding people and, you know, building, cause through that you're building relationships too. Right. So, so there's that opportunity there for somebody to be a great mentor that, you know, maybe never thought they could be. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I was thinking when you were talking about your mentors that I'm sure that you are also a mentor to other people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and didn't even realize it. But you know, today in my career, that's that's like my main focus every day is how can I help how can I help people be better? You know, mm-hmm. people that work with me, alongside me, you know, what what can I do to help them? Um help them succeed and be more successful than than me. That's that's what I want every day mm-hmm. is, is for that to happen. Yeah, for sure. So in addition to mentorship, are there any other resources that have helped you along the way, whether it's, you know, in your entrepreneurial journey or your journey to leadership, um, really books, blogs, podcasts, news articles, anything like that, that has been helpful to you that you would recommend to other veterans? Well, well, look, I, I, I certainly think as you, as you, you know, go through college or secondary education or whatever you're, you're, you get involved with post-military or maybe even while you're in the military and, and you're taking college courses, you know, one of the things that I kick myself about, you know, because it was difficult was just understanding, you know, the financial aspect of business. So, you know, taking at least one business class somewhere along the way to kind of help you understand certain things. But, but you know, one of the great resources that that I found, you know, early on in my career was, you know, just a simple book that's called How to Read a Financial Report by John Tracy. And I had no clue how to read a PL, but as I progressed in my career, you know, I, I had to learn how to do it. And that was a great resource for me to be able to, you know, figure out, you know, what all these numbers mean and what are all these line items and, you know, I, I and making heads or tails of it. And, and that was something that I used to really, you know, help me along the way. Um, and then, you know, look, I, I think for, for veterans, you know, the International Franchise Association, you know, their, their VetFran uh, program, VetFran.org, um, is just a phenomenal resource for veterans. And, and look, when, 
you know, a veteran that's wanting to get into business for themselves, I, I think they have to figure out what they love, right? What, what are you, what can, what are you passionate about? And then find a, a franchise organization that, that fits that passion or is going to lead to increased passion for you. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if it's just getting into business for the sake of getting into business, you're ultimately not going to be happy with that. You've got to find something that kind of fits you and your family and, you know, um, and is going to, to help lead to greater success for you. So, you know, really spending time digging into, you know, the business side of business and understanding what you want to do long-term. I'm curious about your career as you kind of progress through the restaurant industry. Was there ever a time that you considered getting out and doing something different or have you always been pretty steadfast and this is what you want to do? Um, I've always been pretty steadfast that this is what I want to do. There was a, you know, there was a time and, you know, the, the, you know, mid late two thousands that I was thinking about, you know, getting out and, getting my master's degree and being a teacher. And, um, you know, that was short-lived. I, I really, you know, it, it really came, you know, Capriati's really sort of changed the course for me. You know, when I, when I uh, was recruited to, to join the, the brand um, and, you know, met the team, you know, the CEO, the president, uh, tried the food and, and really, you know, sort of fell in love with their mindset about franchising. And so, you know, that, I, I, at this point in my career, I don't see myself going anyplace else. Like I literally love what I do every day. I love the people I work with and it's just a phenomenal team and, and family. So, mm -hmm. so well, yeah, cool? yeah. Oh, I was going to say what's cool about what you currently do. I'm sure that whatever your motivation was behind seeing yourself as a teacher, I, I think you probably get some of that fulfillment through your current role as you know, in franchise sales, because you're getting to develop people, help them achieve things similar to what a teacher would be doing. For sure. No doubt. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So how would you say overall that your time in service prepared you to be so successful in the civilian world, even though you did something totally different? I'm sure there's some, you know, underlying themes and soft skills and things that you did that have led to your success. Yeah, I, I think, I think it would be perseverance you know, is, is that I, I feel like, you know, today that I can really, I can get through just about anything um, that, that comes my way. And, and if something comes my way that I don't understand or don't know about, then I'm going to, you know, dig my heels in and do everything I can to learn everything about that, uh, that I possibly can. But, but I, I certainly think that that perseverance piece is really you know, what I learned from, from my time in the military and, and, you know, look, it's, it's, it's really become sort of a, a life, you know, motto, I guess for me, or a word that sums up, you know, what I try to do every day is just persevere. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's really the, the big learning for me from my time in the military, you know, along with, along with so many other things that just, you know, sort of help you in a, in a daily routine to just, you know, be better, be better all the time. Well, I'm curious about that. I mean, perseverance, that's obviously a big thing that would help anyone life lesson, but for you specifically, especially in the restaurant industry, I would think that that's something that has come in handy for you over the past year and a half or so with COVID. I'm sure that was kind of a little bit of a 
a roadblock for you guys at first. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, but pre-COVID, I was I was traveling, you know, two to three weeks a month. I was going all over the country. I was our our corporate headquarters or or Las Vegas. And so I was there, I was other places meeting with prospective franchise partners and then come, you know, March 13th, I was, you know, catching a flight back from Vegas thinking I was going back the following week. And, you know, over the weekend, everything shut down and the, mm-hmm. the world completely changed. Um, but, you know, having that being part of a great team um, really, really makes a big difference uh, because we were able to we had already rolled out a lot of things over the course of the previous two years that, you know, the unintended consequence was that it sort of set us up for success during COVID. But then also, you know, no matter how well you're doing at work, you still got these thoughts in your head in the back of your mind that, you know, what about my family? Are, are we going to be okay? What's, what's going to happen? How am I going to, you know, continue to provide for my family? What if I lose my job? What, you know, so you've got all of these things that are sort of, you know, pecking away at you in the back of your head. And, you know, I, I had to sit down and really, you know, focus on what am I going to do to make sure that my family's taken care of and we maintain our job. So, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking as a family. We spent a lot of time preparing for things. You know, we spent uh, we also spent a lot of time as teams. Um at, at Capriati. So the franchise development team uh, that includes real estate and construction, you know, we were having daily calls and, you know, we were having daily calls as larger groups, um, just talking through everything and, you know, also talking with our franchise partners. And so it, it really, you know, by the time we got to this point last year, um, things were really clicking away. Um, you know, COVID for us and the I guess the scary part of, of COVID of the, what the unknowns um, were really sort of, I mean, there was some uncertainty, but we weren't like freaking out that, mm-hmm. you know, something, something bad's going to happen. So yeah, for, for sure. I mean, being able to put on that, that, that solid face, you know, having a plan, knowing what you're going to do, you know, all of those things I think come with perseverance and being mm-hmm. able to get over no matter what, what stands in your way. Yeah, definitely. What would you say is your number one piece of advice for veterans entering the civilian workforce? Well, I think I think my number one piece of advice would be to, you know, never assume you're the smartest person in the room. I'll always be open to learning something new. Uh, be curious. You know, if, if you don't know something, um, do everything you can to absorb as much as you can on that subject. And and, and really, really dig into it. Um, and I think, you know, just kind of summing that idea up would be, you know, pursue what is meaningful to you. Don't just do something because it's a job or you're going to get paid for it, but find something that you really love and, and pursue it, pursue it, make a difference. Yeah, I think that's really great because even the the way that you ended up in the restaurant industry, you look at your military background, you would have never thought that that would be your military background, then your degree, right. you would have never thought that that would be where you would end up. So I think that's a testament to, well, going back to your perseverance, but also just your ability to follow what your passions are instead yeah. of instead of letting that get you down, like, hey, I don't have any experience in the restaurant industry. I can't do that. Right. Um, right. I think that's 
you saying that is a very, is a great testament to just look at your own background that you, you know, you practice what you preach. Yeah. And, and look, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you there, there, there was a time where I had, you know, I had been a kitchen manager in the restaurant business for so long that, you know, there's nobody that wanted to give me a chance to cross over into some sort of business field. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of similarities there with folks coming out of the military, you know, I, uh, that have done things that they don't, they don't think are going to transfer. They don't, they don't know if they're going to transfer, but, but, but I think that goes back to really find what, what is going to be meaningful for you. What, what am I going to do that's going to give me pleasure and make me happy or, you know, help me to be more successful. And it, look, it's the same with, with having kids, right? Do something that's going to make you happy. Don't just get a job and, and do that just because you're going to make some money. You know, if you're not, if you're not happy with what you're doing, you're going to be disappointed somewhere along the way, disappointed, burnout, unhappy. So find something meaningful and do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a problem that a lot of veterans face when they're, you know, kind of either first entering the civilian world or have been in it for a while is that I'm sure you can relate to this. You come from the military where you have this strong sense of purpose that's kind of woven throughout most aspects of your life because it starts right. with your job. And so people are always seeking that when they leave, like, how can I find something that is going to be, you know, as rewarding as what I've been doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to say um, to kind of wrap this up? Anything you want to share or any takeaways? You know, look, this has been this, this, you really, you really made me step back and think about all the things that I experienced in the military. So, you know, there were a lot of flashbacks going on over the last couple of weeks, thinking about, you know, participating on this podcast with you. And so, it, it was, it was, it's been really great, you know, going back and thinking about those memories and, and thinking about what's, what's gone on over the last, you know, geez, 30 years now. So um, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of, of, you know, preparing for this interview, but look, I, I really appreciate your time and I, I appreciate you, you know, having me on today and, and look, if there's anything that I can do for anybody that is listening to you out there that wants to ask me questions, they they can contact me at, you know, bruce.evans at capriotis.com. And uh, it's, it's pretty simple to get in touch with me, but, you know, feel free to reach out with any questions that you have about anything that you're thinking about. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.